welcome, 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 listeners. This is episode number 55 of the Fret Talk podcast. You are joined this week by your hosts, Mr. Ayrton Tracy. What? No, no, not Mr. Ayrton Tracy. That was last week. Bad Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. You are joined this week <laughs> by... Are you reading from a script? <laughs> um, maybe. Um, <laughs> Now, you are joined by Mr. Matt Coyne, as you can hear. Say hi, Matt. Hello. Hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. And you're joined by Mr. Paul Mason. It's been so long. Hey. What's up, man? Um, quite a lot. <laughs> but we won't go there. Indeed. Yeah. I mean, it's been no no secret that uh, the, there are some health issues and that it's not always plain sailing. But No. I mean, you're on the up, and you're here on the cast once again. So, yep. welcome back, buddy. Right, so saying um, like things are on the up, um, was it about two weeks ago, I actually managed to get up with my old band and play, I think it was five songs. Oh, rock and roll. Ace. Yeah, it was brilliant. After two and a half years, it was an amazing feeling. Yeah. It's like riding a bike as well, isn't it? Keep falling off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd no, I know I know I know what you're getting at. Once you uh once you get back on there it's yeah. it's like you've never been away. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it's a great feeling as well. The the feeling of playing live, there's there's very few that you can do with your pants on. That are better than that. Yeah. So, uh, so what have we been up to this week, guys? Uh, Matt, you've got like an absolute shed load of stuff, ain't you? Yeah. So, um, spoiler alert: we're recording this before, like the week that it's. Let's so like uh, the week before the week <laughs> this is released. Yeah. Um, I, um, I I believe I explained that to the the listeners last week. Um, okay. But just for those who who last were not aware, yet yeah, yeah, last week, um, <laughs> for those who aren't aware, Mister Budget Pedal Chap is going on his Budget Pedal Holly Bobs, and that means that we are literally smashing the casts this week. So we're doing one after another, which means that this one kind of was recorded um, the night after uh, episode fifty four. <laughs> yeah. So um, this week I am a sound engineer at a festival, and um, this is the first time I've been employed as a sound engineer rather than just somebody who ends up doing the sound engineer's job because he didn't turn up. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm basically running a festival stage, um, and because it's like in the middle of a field and I work for the sound and lighting company who are doing two of the stages, um, I've been there building stages, um, putting in all the lighting and all the sound and one of the stages is in a barn, so there's all the issues that come with being in an echoey building made of tin. Um, <laughs> yes, I can imagine there's quite a few, yeah. The other one is outside in a teepee-style marquee. Um, nice. So again, there are issues with sound in there, but we've mostly sorted them. I'm like, I'm going back in the morning to make sure that we're ready for the 2, two o'clock tomorrow kickoff time. Um, but yeah, so I've been working there non-stop for like the last two and a half days um, I've just 
and managed today on the the stage inside the TP, which is the one I'm going to be doing the sound on. Um, there are six guitar amps for the people to choose from. Um, nice. the, one of the local charities over here, Soundcheck, who do a lot of teaching for children. Um, yeah, they provide instruments to the kids and amps and stuff. Um, have provided some amps that are on the stage. Um, personally, I wouldn't use any of them. Um, having tried <laughs> them all today, like classic solid state uh, things from the nineties. We've got a Marshall valve state. Oh, they're not too bad. Um, they Marshall advanced valve state. Whatever that means. They're much worse. Yeah. If you yeah if you uh, <laughs> if you've got the 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 uh, the V I think it was the VS series. They're pretty good, but the AVT series. Utter shite. Yeah, the AVT was terrible. The the valve state was the one that I might have used. Um, then then we've got a hundred watt line six spider two head. Oh yes, you are getting into tonal nirvana now. <laughs> Without a cab, so that was plugged into the back of <laughs> fucking one of the other amps. Fucking hell. <laughs> so they- <laughs> So they have there's there's no cab, but some of the other amps are um, combos. Yeah. So that you can plug it into the back of one of the combos with a speaker cable. So I tried are that they, through. Are they rated um, at 100 watts though? Can you? Is is it is it safe? It worked. It, yeah, it will work. But if you turn it up past a certain point, the speakers go bye bye. I, I I didn't look to be honest with you. Um, in fact, no, because I put I plugged it into the back of a Val State 50. Okay, but there <laughs> you go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that was, that was two swell valve state fifty, um, and then there's a Carlsbro who are not a, an amp manufacturer that I know much about. Don't they make? But it was a twenty. No, not Carlsberg, Carlsbro, um, and it's a twenty-five watt solid state amp that sounded like turd. Well, there you Carlsbro go. Carlsbro were a pretty big manufacturer in the seventies uh, and eighties, I think. Yeah. No. I- I I am I am just jesting, and you know, I I have heard of Cosbro, but being yeah. being the age that I am, um, will never have <laughs> had a chance to play a Cosbro. Yeah, so, well, this is not a very good example of one. Yeah, and then there's two base amp, two base amps. One of them is unbranded. That's how confident the person who's made it um, is in it. Um, it's a wedge, <laughs> so it, you can either stand it up. Or rock it back. It's a one twelve, I think. But I've no idea, and it just sounded turd with the bass that they left us to to check, yeah. do some line checking with. And then the other one is a two twelve Trace Elliott cab um, that was best left in the nineties. <laughs> but I mean, if you if your options are Trace Elliott or generic bass amp wedge, um, I mean, my option would be. Bring me own. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sansamp DI. Just go straight yeah. in. So um the drummer for my band is on this stage with one of his other bands. Oh cool, yeah. Um and I've already messaged him to tell him to get the guitarists and the bassists to bring their own amps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah, they yeah, they do provide you stuff, it's all turned. Yeah, no one will be happy own. with that result with that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. But yeah, um, yeah, um, so that's what I've been doing today. So I, I, I took my uh, S- SG down to play through those, and then they lent us a P- Squire P bass, um, and yeah. I did some line checking. But um, I am not a bassist in 
any shape of the term. I used the plectrum and was frowned at by the other guy <laughs> who works for the company. He's like, we use the plectrum on a bass for? And I was like, because I play the guitar. Yeah, because <laughs> bass is for sissies and I'm a guitar <laughs> man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's what I've been up I've also spent a lot of time with those Fletcher blends in that SG. Um, I've barely put it down. Um, I've been pl- plugging it in most days. Yeah. I just, I, I'd love them. I, I think that might gig with me on a regular basis from now on. I'm so glad. I am just because, I mean, the the Fletcher blend set have lived within a vacuum for me, uh, and I've absolutely loved them. But I just wanted to make sure that they were like they were as awesome as I think they are, and that I'm I'm like hugely confident in Fletcher's uh, pickups anyway. But it's just. The fact that I've given you the the, um, the recommendation and it turned out good, I'm yeah. buzzing on that. Absolutely buzzing. <laughs> and because I put Ernie Ball strings on, they're probably not going to last, last much longer. So I've got a gig this weekend, which will probably be the last time I play that guitar with eights on it. I'll probably then send it for a full setup and get proper I'll get um, elixir coated 10s on it yes. uh, and we'll go from there get some actual beefy tone out of them yeah mind you that being said uh, Billy Gibbons uses 7s doesn't he yeah but he's a magician he's, he's, <laughs> he's a tonal tonal wizard he's yeah, got to be a wizard with that it. beard doesn't he <laughs> yeah he's got the tone beard he doesn't need your pedal I see. he's got it all there <laughs> That's it. All there in his beard. Yeah, I mean, apparently it was like he used to play really thick strings, and then he uh, he uh, it was at a gig with BB King, and asked if he could play Lucille because why the fuck wouldn't you? Yeah, uh, and it had really light strings on, and he says, "Well, BB, how do you get how do you get that like such a fat tone?" And he's just like, "I don't know, ever want to work harder than I have to." It's like, yeah, right on. <laughs> Yeah, it's one way to look at right, it. It worked for BB. It's working for Billy Gibbons. I don't think it has worked for me, to be honest. But uh, who knows? I tr- I tried a set of eights once. Yeah. And after, well, I had a set of eights and went through about six high E strings in a week. <laughs> and I immediately, I immediately went. No, going back to nines, and then after a, another week of snapping the high E string, I went, right, let's try tens. Yeah. Tens is where it's at, yeah. man. Tens is where it's at. I was eights for years. The reason I had some eights at my dad's house was because when I used to have my strap that I keep telling budget pedal chap that I hated the bridge pickup on, mm-hmm. I used to use eights. <laughs> well, again, I think, I mean, we've we've already kind of taken our little detective hats out and figured out why you, you probably hated the... Uh, the bridge sound. But the clues are just... It's insurmountable evidence now, isn't it? Yeah, that I need to try a proper strap bridge pickup. Yeah, well, I in mean... A, in, a, in a strap with a, a hard tail and a tremor system and um, a maple cap and a <laughs> e- ebony board. <laughs> this is very specific, Matthew. <laughs> I think you've pretty much just described a Gibson Les Paul there. But with three single coils. There you go, yeah. <laughs> and a slightly different 
Yeah, you want to see it when it comes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, for for Apple, we uh, we may have been getting on a little bit of a uh, little bit of a bulk guitars kick. Um, and at the end, yeah. of, <laughs> the end of last podcast, I uh, I may have slipped that, and uh, I uh, I fell victim to the the ninety nine pound uh, ascent pre order as well. So you bought yourself a £99 flying V. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Um, and, like, directly after that, on, on the last cast, I mentioned this, actually. Uh, I watched a video from uh, James Hetfield of Metallica saying, mm-hmm. uh, that, like, the, the only guitar that I ever wanted when I was kind of starting out was, was a white flying V because of the Scorpions and because of Judas Priest. And when I yeah. finally got it, it was really awkward to play. I'm like, no. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Are they not supposed to be like really neck heavy then things? No, apparently they, they slide off your uh, body because there's not much body in contact with you. Cause it's, it's, it, yeah, they're tapered. almost impossible to play sitting down. No, yeah. no, apparently they're supposed to be quite comfortable sitting down because you can wedge the legs of the V. Kind of yeah, but if you your... put the V on your right leg, then you 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 your strumming arm has to twist. You have to twist your whole body to get your strumming arm onto the string. I don't mind twist, twisting while having a bit of a strum. Anyway, so yeah, oh, um, that happened. Um, we'll we'll have to see uh, what happens with that one. Um, yeah, the the uh, the good thing about these uh, these ascent pre-orders. Is that well? Like any bolt pre-order, is it, it takes a little bit of time before you get it, so you can yep. kind of mentally prepare yourself for it. Um, I, I'm already kind of psyching up for the 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 next Fletcher set that's going to be uh going to be finding its way into it. <laughs> blends two. That's all I'm saying, Fletch. Blends two, the sequel. <laughs> Have you actually played these? Guitars. I have at the uh, at the Birmingham Guitar Show. Are they actually any good considering the price? Yeah, they're lovely. No ones where you have to like you you buy it for ninety nine quid and then spend three hundred quid getting it set up. Oh no 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 no! I mean, the one that I played in the uh, in the Birmingham Guitar Show was their their Chaos, which was a uh, Les Paul kind of Les- shape, um, and it. The one that I played had a uh, bare knuckle, um, uh, bare knuckle aftermath setting or something like that. So, like super, super gainy. Um, but it was running through a a Marshall Origin, um, not an Origin, sorry, the Code, a Marshall Code um, head uh, through headphones as well. So, I mean the sound. The sound wasn't <laughs> incredibly inspiring, uh, and I, I, I did. Imagine. I did tell Chris that the uh, the code wasn't doing his guitars any justice, but yeah, it played played <laughs> wonderfully. Uh, and from what what I could tell, it sounded sounded pretty spot on too. But yeah, I think the the idea behind the uh, the like stock bolt stuff is that you you can buy it stock and then. They're, I mean, they're pretty cheap, and like whatever upgrades you want to do to it, you can either um, get them upgraded through Bolt, who stock like hip shot stuff and Goto stuff and Spretzel, 
and all these kind of pretty big name um, upgrades, or you can yeah. you can get it stock and then do it yourself. Uh, so that's pretty much what I'm going to do with it, um, if it needs that at all, anyway. Because I think um, that'll probably be my thing as well. Get it, get it stock and play about with it yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's part of the fun, isn't it? Pissing about with the uh, the guitar yourself. As oh, I love the uh, the built not bought philosophy. Yeah, I mean, they just uh, chatting to Chris and just how enthusiastic he was uh, about the whole operation and just like where he was coming from with it as well. He uh, just really inspired me, and <laughs> which is why I've now got two on order. So, <laughs> just. Just whilst we're on the subject of bolt guitars, um, uh-huh. I just opened Facebook, <laughs> and um, he's just posted. Okay. He's got five zebra wood double cut Les Paul Junior styles with one neck pickup for fifty nine quid plus postage. Oh, okay. Oh. did you did you hear like just very quietly in the background? My wallet was crying. <laughs> like, like literally. Yeah, that fifty nine quid plus postage. Oh, and the postage. I think I paid something like eight quid for my postage. So, and there's there's no knobs, so he's he has wired the pickup to the output jack. Yeah, I mean that's it's, that's your <laughs> ideal uh, ideal thing there, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, so that's genius. So yeah, I think <laughs> Matt, it's down to you to to buy one of those now. So, I, I'd love to. But um, I've got to have a root canal in the morning, which will take up the last of my money till payday. Hey, yeah. uh, I don't know what I've got to I think I get paid <laughs> tomorrow as well. So I can't buy three of the fuckers. You can. Well, I, I mean, theoretically, I can. Yes, but or or you could buy me one. <laughs> that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I think. We've uh, we've asked a little of Bolt's D this week, so we we're gonna leave it there because I mean, um, he's not paying me to do this, so <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got some news to get through as well. Um, so this week, I say this week as if it's not the same week as last week. Uh, <laughs> this week there was a little bit of uh, controversy on the internet. And this uh, this is a topic that we need to tread very lightly on. Fuck the haters. Fuck the haters. So, <laughs> TC Electronic, a good, wholesome family brand. A household name in the uh, um, guitar electronics kind of circles. Um, they, they received a little hot water this week over a certain tone print from a certain gentleman from a satirical, misogynistic, um, over-the-top parody band. Parody band, yes. Um, so, Steel Panther, Satchel, had a tone print on the flashback. Um, and yeah. we're not, gonna, we're not going, going to go into what it was called, but it rhymed with Schmushy Schmelter. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, <laughs> um, this is a, a 
the tone print that was it, I remember seeing the kind of the product video of it actually and it was about a year ago um so for those who don't know Steel Panther and have been living under a rock they are kind of um very very over the top very kind of uh 80s lifestyle um yeah kind of rock and roll uh they're they're, they're all very uh very good musicians in their own right very accomplished um but they're kind of their whole shtick is um kind of 80s excess so songs like asian hooker and, and yeah my cockers community property yes <laughs> um, so i think like if you know who the steel panther are you you kind of know what to expect they're just the 80s pushed to 11 like just over over the top exactly what that kind of scene was back then but rather than them singing about god giving rock and roll to us yeah they're singing about the lifestyle that bands used to lead in the 80s yeah yeah i mean it's all like very satirical it's all very kind of parody um but it's it's played very straight um and it's it's it can be difficult to distinguish where um the parody and the satire ends uh and where it just becomes um kind of a little bit too close to the um close to the 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 topic um and i think that's um what kind of happened with this one so the uh, the tone print has a um a, a kind of offensive name um and the the description the product description of it as well uh really didn't help uh no but like the the biggest problem for me about this was every single news article yes. said TC offensive pedal name. It's not a pedal name. The yeah. pedal is called the flashback. This is a tone print name within the pedal that ninety nine percent of people who own the pedal won't have even seen this tone print. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Ninety nine percent of the people. And all of a sudden, TC not not Steel Panther, but people are having a go at TC for releasing a pedal that doesn't even exist. <laughs> well, yeah, they're they're um, they're having a go because. TC allowed this to kind of be released, uh, and it's twelve months down the line as well. Why? Why did? Why didn't this happen at the time? Yeah. Um, so to kind of give a bit more of the story, um, the online petition to have this thing removed was um, it was kind of spearheaded by two two members of two different bands um, who who took offence to the name and took offence to the thing. Uh, stating that it was uh, a sexist, uh, a sexist name, and it was kind of promoting the boys' club image of of guitar playing, um, and it it basically it built up a huge controversy. And within a couple of days of that petition being released, uh, TC removed the tone print uh, and issued an apology as well for uh, for any offence that may have caught uh, may have been caused. So. TC doing everything by the book, pretty much keeping keeping everyone happy. Um, however, I think it's a shame that 
TC have had to issue an apology. I mean, why could? Well, I mean, like you say, it's not like Steel Panther are going to apologise for it. But yeah, why should why should TC be taking the brunt for something that one of their users has done? I mean, it could have been absolutely anybody if it wasn't Steel Panther. Somebody else could have come up with something similar. Yeah, but it was a, it was an artist's one. So TC had their had their hand in the creation of this. Uh, oh yeah. So it it was more endorsed than like any old Tom Dick and Harry's uh, tone print, um, but yeah, like you say, it weren't it weren't TC who spearheaded that. It was very much the choice of Satchel and the choice of Steel Panther. And as you, as you did say, they ain't going to be apologising for anything. They yeah. built, they entirely build their career pretty much um, on not only like. Being able to play um, the music, uh, music which is uh, kind of the peak of its uh, virtuosity, um, which was very eighties thing, but also they they uh, kind of thrive on the controversy of it all as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you're not you're not going to be getting any uh, any um, any apologies from the guys at Steel Panther, um, but I. So I did a little bit of research into this, um, and uh, the the guy from Sen- uh, Spectre Sound Studios, Glenn Fricker, uh, had an opinion on this, and I thought I thought that was uh, a very uh, a very interesting opinion. Uh, so he he mentioned that the uh, the petition was started by uh, one band in particular, um, and then proceeded to show uh, the video of one of that band's uh, like music videos. Um, and it was quite, quite yeah. a provocative video. It was um, kind of simulated acts going on in the, in the, the video. Um, and he, he kind of wrapped it all up with it's, it's easier to, it's easier to bitch about something than to be creative or something along those lines. Um, and and was very much saying that the uh, the whole kind of whole process was a a, a publicity storm to kind of uh, bring notoriety to the, these two bands, rather than uh, it being about the the social justice of this tone print happening. Well, it does sound like it. I mean, it's, it it all sounds very hypocritical. It's difficult to say, isn't it? And there's there's nothing that says that those two things can't be uh, mutually beneficial um, things as well. You, you you could really despise the social justice going on, and also want to get your band um, noticed. Um, so yeah. I think I think that's where we're going to leave that one for today because I think we've managed to. We've managed to broach this up, the subject, and and talk about it without getting down any uh, further controversy. Because it's uh, it's another one of those eggshell topics, isn't it? Much like when uh, yeah. certain companies were being uh, investigated for price fixing. Yeah, the, which we still haven't let out that it was uh... <laughs> <laughs> almost <laughs> name redacted. Yeah. Name redacted. Name redacted. 
Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> I, I edit the thing. I can uh, I could take out any illegal hot water that we do. Um, so on to on to slightly more cheerful and chirpier news. Gibson, Way. I know we're all Gibson <laughs> fans here, aren't we? Oh yeah, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I like a Gibson that's done well. No, I, I, I've, I own two of them, um, and they are definitely guitars. Um, so, <laughs> mucho correctness there. Um, Gibson have now released the information on the 2019 range, which is cool. So, uh, I think the statement before I got to read the. Uh, the actual range was that Gibson were looking at honing the honing the ranges to to cut the crap and really focus their ranges. So let's read off <laughs> some of the uh, the ranges this year. So the Les Paul. I'm going to start from the bottom and move the way up. So we've got a junior double cut, which is awesome. Like in the standard range, if that comes in at like five to six hundred quid, that's going to be just an absolute wicked seller. Yeah, because I think the uh, the double cut is is something that's like really hot at the moment. Um, so that's that kind of that falls within the Les Paul range. We've got the Studio Tribute, which I'm assuming takes over from what was just called the Tribute. Faded. No, no, it, isn't that where the Faded was? The Faded was. The- Studio Faded was the bottom range last year. Yeah, I assume they've got rid of that. Because just above that was the Tribute range, which yeah. I assume the Studio Tribute would would uh, take over for. Um, but they've still got the Tribute. What? They st- in the 2019 <laughs> lineup, they've still got the tw- Tribute. Have they? Yeah. So they've got the, I've got the 2019. They've got the Studio right, Tribute right and the, the Tribute. Yep, so they've got the Studio Tribute, okay. which I think has taken over from the Faded, okay. Studio Faded. Then they've got the Tribute. Yep. <laughs> then they've got the Studio. Yeah, they've got the Studio. Then Classic? Yeah. Trad? No, Standard is before Trad. Is it? In, in this, it's saying the order goes Studio Tribute, Tribute, Studio, Classic, Standard, Traditional, High Performance. Mm, okay. I, I did it the other way around, but... They, that's what they're saying. They think it'll be price-wise. Okay, okay, okay. But from that, from just the Les Pauls, we can we can note that no, Gibson, you have not been cutting the crap. You've <laughs> no, you've you've not streamlined it in any way, shape, or no, form. No, you've just changed the fucking names <laughs> and added a double cut, Junior. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's that is legitimately a good idea. Yeah, rather than having the only way to get that as a custom shop. Yeah. Yeah, I think because, like I say, um, I'm seeing lots and lots more people asking for the the double cut these days, and wondering why there isn't like a a readily available one. And Gibson have listened, which really makes a change. Sure,ity in itself, indeed. Uh, so we've got the uh, the SG lineup, which we've got. Uh, let's see if I can get this one right. So uh, standard tribute, uh, tribute. No, there's no tribute. Oh, sorry, sorry. Standard tribute, standard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, standard six one two. This one just says standard six one, but it might be missing the two. Yeah, maybe. I, I assume standard sixty one makes more sense. Um, and high performance. Yep. So four SGs. Nice. 
Yeah, which is more than likely. I think there was just the two last year, wasn't there? No, there was more than that. I'm sure there was the the tributes. There was the... I don't think they did a studio, but they did the standard. They did the high performance. So I think I think they've increased that line as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then we've got a flying V. We've got an Explorer. We've got a three three five, a three five five, a two three five, a three three five dot, a two seven five thin line. So, <laughs> sorry, you've missed out the Firebird. Have I? Oh, shit, mate. <laughs> <laughs> There's there's two Firebirds. There's a normal and there's a tribute Firebird. Oh, a tribute Firebird because they did like a studio Firebird last year, didn't they? Yeah. Okay. They've got a normal and a tribute. Okay. So where they got this, we're condensing our range and cutting. Them. Yeah, I think I think they've uh, they've really misinterpreted the word like streamlining. Yeah. Yeah. They must have used some dictionary that says streamlining means massively expanding. Because that, that range seems ridiculous. I mean, bear in mind, though, this is the same company whose CEO turned around and said, the reason we're in such financial difficulty is because of the shops. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, sorry, what? <laughs> that, was a, that was a very silly, silly manoeuvre from uh, Henry, weren't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's just a Muppet. Allegedly. He's just a Muppet. Yes. <laughs> I think we can get away with that one um but yeah i mean there's there's some pretty cool stuff in there um i haven't seen any of the I'm standards pretty sure you missed some of the hollow body stuff as well did i <laughs> <laughs> what did you what, what have you got written down for the hollow so body i've stuff? got a 335 so your standard 335 i've got a 355 yeah 235 no i've got a two th- i've got a 325 have you maybe this is me but i mean to be fair, I wrote this when I was very tired. But so. what you've missed is that there's three different models of the 335. Well, I've got the 335 and the 335 dot. So there's a 335, 335 dot and a 335 P90. Oh, shit, man. I think I'm all about <laughs> that life. Then 325... Five. P90, Adam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um... <laughs> Oh, and what the hell is a 275 thin line, by the way? Uh, fucked if I know, mate. I'm just reading numbers. Sending more like Ibanez these days, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 275, is that not sort of similar to the um, Birdland that uh, Ted Nugent uses? That's a 175, that is. Yeah, no, that's a 175. I just thought it might have been a similar, similar sort of guitar. I mean, potentially... I don't know. It's it's so hard keeping track of these the Gibsons, isn't it? I mean, there's like nine different versions of just the Les Paul. So, um, right. So, I mean, we we have ascertained that there's quite a few, uh, quite a few models. Um, but one of the things that they want to take, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's 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 choice. You can choose from lords. Um, but one of the things apparently that was being bitched about last year was the uh, the cases that they came in. It was like this massive kind of um, aluminium fronted case, um, which when you took the the, um, the protective cellophane off the front, um, they would scratch and dent, and it just looked absolutely knackered within like within weeks of you having it. Uh, and they've changed. 
uh, changed this to like a, a fitted molded black plastic case um, so apparently that's something that Gibson fans wanted I mean bring back the uh, the old days where it had like those those brown uh, kind of leather, leather leather faux leather cases yeah, well, yeah. absolutely the, wicked the vinyl leatherette yeah, absolutely wicked. I mean, more Les Paul's got one of them, and it's it's an old, old enough Les Paul. It's like two thousand ish, and the case is absolutely shagged, like corners <laughs> missing from the the vinyl, and you can see the wood at some points. But it is it's still working, and it looks fantastic. I've got a fake one of those for my Epi SG. There's who <laughs> like it's an unbranded yeah. um, case. And it's got that, but it's got like an even cheaper, tackier vinyl version. Nice. But it's great because the vinyl is so yeah. tough and old um, that when it breaks, it literally flaps away and then flaps back again. <laughs> it doesn't like tear away. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so there's just loads of bits where if you flick it, it'll come out and go straight back again, but it won't, like, it doesn't tear it all the way off. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which reminds me, I, w- I need to find out whether that fits the epif- uh, sorry, fits the vintage, because if it does, oh, it will. then I've got a hard, hard case for the vintage. Oh, it will. Definitely will. I need to hear those, uh, those uh, the vintage blends through your stereo rig, man. I should have that on Saturday. Yeah, you Oh, yeah. Which reminds me, I need to go and get the amp, my other amp. I need to go... And get my second amp. Okay. Of course. Remember. But I'm going to write that down. Not right now. We're podcasting. No, I'm just going to write down that I need to go and do it. Um, So, Gibson's range this year, what are we thinking? Are are we thinking that they are steering their way out of financial trouble? Seems as convoluted as ever. Yeah. Uh, It seems like, yeah, they thought, oh, this this year's been a pretty bad one. What, What should we do? Change absolutely nothing. Uh, yeah, we'll just. I mean, let's remember that the the guitar division is a profit making division. It's not in the problem that some of the other parts of Gibson are making. Yeah, but I, I think mean, you, they you keep could... spoiling my joy there, Matt. You keep, <laughs> but and and I think we need to just make sure that we are transparent and open and actually look at things like Gibson are thinking. Yeah, guitars yeah. were profitable last year. Yeah, let's do, do more yes, of the same. Yes, do the same. And, I and think they could the be more profitable well. if I think they could be more profitable if they did streamline it. Yeah. But I think they're probably thinking we've got enough on our plate with everything else that's going on. Yeah. Let's not fuck let's with it. Just, let's not fuck with the. Let's the just do that. what we did with the 2018s. Rename a couple of them and choose a couple of different colours. Yeah. As long as they're not going back the to 2015, range. we are we're all sorted. Yeah. And what I want to see is I want to see that Gary Clark Jr. in my motherfucking local shop. So good luck with Gibson, that. Gibson, make it happen. <laughs> so let's let's move it on. Uh, this is another kind of snammy thing, but um, yeah, I don't think we mentioned it. So MXR releasing three um, three things, which is actually just one thing. So the. the <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're releasing a, a phase 90 and a carbon copy with limited edition graphics but exactly the same circuits so I'm discounting that as not being real news um, <laughs> just for those who want to 
know more about that. It's pretty one. Yeah, it look it's so it's um they're designed from a, a UK based kind of art conglomerate uh called I Love Dust. I'd never heard of them. Um but it it's it kind of harks back to uh the the cover of Desiree Gears like- by Cream. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of got that kind of psychedelic thing going on. It's a bit more kind of neon-y looking. They look pretty nice, but the fact that they are actual just normal carbon copies and phase 90s, it's not It's not all that exciting. But the, the one thing that is mother funky exciting is the Dynacomp Deluxe. So the Dynacomp usually has got two knobs. Uh, output and sensitivity, I think, um, which some are, would argue not enough. Um, I mean, I I don't know. I don't play country. <laughs> As a, where do you start with that? Come on. I literally i i use a compressor for the entire time that I'm playing. Um. I didn't realise you were a country... Oh, telecasters, of course, you were a country yeah, player. Yeah, m- massive cunt. I mean, minus guitarist, yeah. Play- replayer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am man of vagina. <laughs> no. Um, but, uh, sorry, I'll, I'll stop being facetious. Yes, yes. It's definitely that and not sexist. Definitely. Because I, 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 I don't know if we're allowed to say uh, the, the C word these days. I didn't say it. Country player. I, I implied it. <laughs> yeah. And that that is uh that's the the foggy groan there. Uh so Dynacomp Deluxe. Um it has got a clean blend, which is awesome. Every comp should have one. It's got a tone, an output, a sensitivity, but it's also got an attack switch. Uh so I've got a compressor with an attack switch. Oh do you? Just out just I've got a Digitech main squeeze. Oh, cool. That's got attack. Um, it lives in the bottom of my stuff box. <laughs> Honestly, you, you need to figure out the, the joys of compression. Compression is glorious. I used it. You remember the gig I said I did in a barn where the drummer was off to one side? Okay, yeah. About eight weeks ago. <laughs> I used it there because um, we started putting some stuff that I needed clean sounds for. Yeah. Um, but it shat itself, oh. so I put it back in the box. <laughs> <laughs> so what you meant to say is you've got a broken Digitech main squeeze. It worked for two songs, and then the third time I, t- I turned it on, it just sucked all of the sound out of my guitar. <laughs> yeah. No, ideally, you want a, a compressor that doesn't do that. So perhaps this Dynacomp uh, is, is for you. Uh, I, I mean, I, like I say, I don't play country, so if I'm buying a compressor pedal... It'll be like 40 quid, so I'll get a more yellow comp. Oh, they are good, though. They are good. I do like the, the yellow comp. Uh, based on the Ross um, Ross compressor, I believe. Who's Ross? As in, the guy from Friends? Yeah. Yeah, once he finished with uh, once he finished with Friends, like after season 10, he started making compressors. Really good. <laughs> no bad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I can't argue with that. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't think they've got any prices on the the new Dynacomp. Um, but if I remember uh, rightly, the they did a Dynacomp Mini, which had a few more options on it. Um, so I don't know. 
what this does that that doesn't. And I'm not going to do any research, so that's where we're going to leave that one for today. <laughs> um, final bit of news. Um, full Tone, the people who make that obsessively compulsive drive, drive yeah? The, the, basically, the, the, one of the most ubiquitous drives in, uh, in existence at the moment. They also make other pedals. Um, no, they don't. <laughs> yeah, they just make different. Ver- they make like version one through to seven of the <laughs> uh, the OC. That's thing. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I hear. Um, I think it's Mike Fuller, the uh, the the guy who runs Full Tone. Bit of an arsehole, allegedly. Just, just to put it out there, and um, this is a, as offensive to people with mental health as the tone print is calling something OCD it's it's not politically correct and they shouldn't do it you're not the first person to have mentioned that believe it or not uh, so all those people that were whinging about the TC one either whinge about this or shut your goddamn mouth well yeah I mean we, we had a little t- <laughs> let's have a bit of equality in this yeah yeah we, yeah, we had a little chat before the, the cast and we mentioned um, way huge and they're like yeah. Massive Camel lob on toe. pedal and yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All these, yeah, all these the, names. The hard on or whatever they call it. Yeah, Zvex is the super hard on. Well, they, they all need to like. You can't have a go at TC and not have a go at all these other com- companies for their yeah. misogynistic stuff or their anti mental health stuff. Or, like at the end of the day, it's a pedal. Get over it. Yeah, you're stamping on it and it makes sounds go. Just sound. wipe wipe the sand out of your vagina and get on with your life. I think if uh, if the tone print didn't get them, that comment will. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, me. So back onto full tone before this ship crashes. Uh, I will steer it. It's yeah. going down already. That's it. The the thoughts and opinions of Mr. Matt Quine do not necessarily re- reflect those of the Fret Talk podcast. There we go, sorted. Even when they do. <laughs> uh, so, Full Tone, Full Drive V2. So, it's based on uh, the 1990s um, Full Drive, which has got the JRC4558 chip in it, which means fuck all to most people. Um, I've got a bunch of them living under my bed at the moment. So, I mean, if Full Tone wants to buy some pretty cheap, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'll see four, five, five chip. Was that another one from the uh, Tube Screamer? It was, yeah. One of its iterations. And that's what why I've got a few of them living under my bed. Because uh, I went on a mission so to build a Tube Screamer. Problem. Yeah, and then... <laughs> I feel like I'm way out of my depth. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, it's like this... It's. A, a magical a mid it's a magical chip yeah that, that it's basically an op amp um is it dual op amp i don't know basically it makes the sound go grrr. um and this <laughs> this specific one was supposed to be magical um uh, because it's the one that the um the old uh ibanez tube screamers used to have in um so yeah the 808s or the 9s uh um, both i think I can't. I, I honestly can't tell you. Um, ask Ask Stuart Tate. He'll know. He's clever. 
Yeah, but he'll say something along the lines of, I'll have to listen to the full current Arctic Monkeys album before. <laughs> well, that's a small price to pay. <laughs> it's, it's, I'd rather it's not know. It's too large a price. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this full tone, full drive, is, it's got basically, it's got these magic chips from, uh, from way back yonder. Um, it's smaller. Magic than, chips. Yeah, magic chips. I miss chips. I miss chips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fit talk, innit? We haven't talked fit talk this week. <laughs> I I ran 9K at the weekend, like with intervals of walking, but yeah, yeah, I did further than what I've been doing in the past, so it's still going good. Yeah, wicked. Back to fret talk. I mean, you'll be proud of me. I uh, I did some, uh, some core exercises this week. I did um, like leg extension lifts and I did uh, like crunches. And for the na- for the past three days, my stomach has felt like like I've punished it. Yeah, we we've been doing some of those stuff at the rugby training, and, and like just trying to do planks and like single leg raises and all of that nonsense. It's just like but then I feel in pain for like a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that is yeah. that is the punishment that you have to go through for your body to say exercise is bad. I mean, it's, You're yeah, talking yeah. about it, it's hurting me. Yeah, generally speaking, it's good for you, but it's bad. Yeah, bad. <laughs> so, back onto the full full tone, full drive. I'm sure we're all... With the magic chips. Magic chips, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's smaller, it's uh, got volume, tone, drive one, drive two, and a drive two volume on a smaller, um, one of those kind of more style knobs. Uh, 918 volt uh, um, input, so... You can run it with more headroom. Oh, pardon me. You can run it with more headroom. It's also got uh, two three-way switches, so um, one for each pedal, essentially. Uh, Are they on the outside or the inside? Oh, yeah, yeah, they're on the outside. Um, okay, good. I had a, a really cheap pedal called the K-Line um, Angry Cactus or something like that. Dirty Cactus. Something about a cactus. <laughs> No, it weren't. It was a cacti, weren't it? Because it was multiple cactuses. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, which was basically a clone of this. Uh, and that had... Because you've, you've basically got... The one is like a boost um, that runs into then your main drive. Um, and it's got the same, same kind of setup. So um, switch one is comp cut, flat mids and vintage. Uh, so comp cut, no clipping diodes, flat mids, um, some clipping diodes, uh, and then vintage, some other clipping diodes maybe. So basically like different flavors. <laughs> uh, and then switch two is is your boost basically. So wide, standard, and clipped. So yeah, uh, very much to crazy cactus, was it? I don't know. I just, I'm taking potlucks now. Uh, I'm pretty sure I don't know, and I'm not sure if Paul knows, but I'm going to guess no. Cra- yeah, the crazy <laughs> yeah. cacti. I think it was K-Line crazy cacti. Um, and I bought it. Was, was it, that part of the crazy frog rain? No, it was It was, it was <laughs> uh, like metallic green. It was a bit like the um, the carbon copy, the original one, not the, the fancy graphic one. Um, and it, was, it weren't too bad. It, it was just a bit dark sounding. Um, Whereas I assume the full tone will probably be a bit better, um, but yeah, like smaller version. What we what are we saying about this one, guys? 
Do you give two shits about the uh, the full time full drive? I mean, I've heard of the original one, yeah, um, but it's not a pedal that I've tried. And um, my my issue is there's so many drive pedals out there that kind of once you find the one that's for you, you tend to either stop looking or just buy cheap ones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So uh, let's move on to our final segment. We're going to move on to questions. Questions. I feel we can steal that now because it's no longer being used. Um, so this is the hot topic. Squire or Epiphone? Our overlord Sai asks. Squire or Epiphone? So what, what are our okay. thoughts on this one? I think you know which way I go on that. So, yeah, we've got one for Epiphone, yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> okay, so you, yours is clearly the squire. You you own uh, yeah. two squires. You've got your showmaster and your um, sparkly sparkle caster. Yeah. Um, which are both fine instruments. Um, yeah. Well, much else fun. I'm assuming you are going the road of squire also. Consider- you see, I have an issue like the when I was talking at the start of this cast I was like no it's definitely Squire and when when Sai asked the question it's like definitely Squire and then I thought yeah. and I'm like alright I own three Squires at the moment two of them are affinity strats that I haven't plugged in in donkey's years so they don't really count so I've got the Squire pink sparkle and to me the squ- Squire are the ultimate modding guitars at the low end and the classic vibes and the vintage modifieds are great guitars in their own right. Oh yeah, sure, some, yeah. you might do want to do some some modding to them. But when then I think, well, actually, what do I own that I play at the moment? And I play the Sparkle Squire. Yep. I play my Epiphone um, Explorer. Uh-huh. And then by my bed is my Epiphone SG now. Okay, it's not really an Epiphone anymore because the person before me snapped the headstock off it and I replaced the neck on it because it was a bolt-on neck. So it's not a true Epiphone SG with a 320 is the bolt-ons. I can't uh, remember. 310, I think. 310. Yeah. Yeah. So, But, I mean, it's still got all the hardware and um, all the pickups and stuff. Yeah, I mean, um, for all intents and purposes, it's half an Epi at least. Yeah. Um, and I still... So... Really, on the front of what do I use on a regular basis? Epiphone win like one and a half to one. That's uh, that's pretty good. So that's like sixty six percent, is it? But um, my big issue comes when you throw in the Epiphone Les Paul, which is the standard for Epiphone. Epi- most of what Epiphone sell is either going to be a dot or it's going to be a Les Paul. Yep. My big issue with the Epiphone Les Paul. Is they feel awful because there's too much lacquer on them. Oh man! I cannot stand Epiphone Les Pauls. I've played in excess of twenty of them. I thought you were going to say in excess of two. <laughs> no, I, um, I must have played loads. <laughs> yeah, loads and every single time you pick it up and you go, "It's not a Gibson, is it?" <laughs> Whereas when you pick up a Squire Classic Vibe, you don't go, "Oh, it's not a Fender, is it?" 
to be honest, I, I prefer the the classic vibes to the to a lot of what Fender <laughs> release. So exactly my point. But you've never ever heard somebody say yeah. this Epiphone is better than a Gibson. Yeah, well, or this uh, yeah this this Epiphone Les Paul Plus top. No, oh, it's it's just it's just better than a Les Paul standard. <laughs> like no, <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, mind you, they're, they're full like, weight, whereas the uh, the Gibsons these days they put bloody holes in them, don't they? But like all of the stuff you get on, like look at all the videos you get online. Like people always talk about classic vibe as being better than Mexican. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then when. Knob cheese from Anderton's or any of that lot. Um, <laughs> get hell, involved like, with defend them all this week. <laughs> Whenever them lot get involved with their highest price Epiphone versus lowest priced Gibson, every single time yeah. they pick the yeah, Gibson, they'll, they'll get like a fade without or a fail. Or... Without fail. Whereas when they do the Squire versus the Fender, the classic vibe beats the Mexican every time. Yeah, yeah. So, beat the Squire is better than Epiphone. <laughs> Not like over the head with a guitar, just like no, I'm s- their sorry, quality. I do better, I do better. <laughs> uh, now who's being offensive? Yeah. Um, I imagine that's how the, the Mexican Fenders speak. Um, but they've been replaced now, haven't they? So, we'll see what They have, what and we'll, we'll wait and see, but... If we go by what you can yeah, buy in a store way, yeah. right this second. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I thought this would be a, a an Epiphone um, lynching. Uh, so I was ready to ready to argue the point. And I, I'm glad that you kind of, you argued the point there for Epiphone. Um, and then counteracted it with the fact that squires are better. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> Yeah, I'm. Go- I'm going to kind of. Yeah, well, they just are. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I had a, an Epi Les Paul, um, and I, from when it was uh, when it was dated, I think it might have been a Korean one. Um, so, notably, a little bit better than the ones that are kind of floating about these days. Um, however, um, I used that Epi Les Paul for about four or five years, Gigi. Um, I also had like a backup Epi Les Paul which I would use gigging as well. Um, I then moved on to a Mexican Fender because um, I was playing kind of blues and funk and that kind of stuff. Um, and since, I mean, I, if I look at what I've currently got, I've got a Squire Affinity Strat, which was my first ever Squire, uh, first ever guitar. Um I also own a Protone Tele, which is one of their Korean, uh, Korean-made tellies. Um, up until probably about a year ago, I had a, um, a classic Vibe Tele as well. Um, whereas I don't own any um, any Epiphones anymore because I've got I've like I said I've got the two Gibsons, I've got the um, the Les Paul Standard and the uh, the Midtone Custom. Um, it was pretty much uh, when I got the the Gibson Les Paul standard, I got rid of my Epiphone Les Paul standard because I, f- I felt I don't need both. Yeah. Um, it basically superseded it. Um, 
And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with it that actually in certain situations you might go for a squire over a over a fender where in very very few situations are you going to go for a, an epiphone over a gibson and i think just before we do end i think they, there might be a situation where that's the case mm-hmm. and i think that's probably the hollow body stuff the likes of the dot and the casino oh yes um the, the epiphone stuff there is incredible. Oh yeah. Some of the stuff and like I don't I'm like I'm not sure about the last five, ten years worth of stuff, but the nineties dots and the nineties casinos are absolutely fantastic guitars. Yeah, I mean um my my first band, the other guitarist, had an Epi Casino um and I tried to buy it off him several times <laughs> because it's just amazing. Had a great finish on it and they it just played wonderfully. Yeah. Um, I no, I'd, I'd agree with that actually. Um, me and uh, Adam Yeomans went into Guitar Guitar about a month or so ago, trying out uh, Epi dots, uh, and the setups on them weren't great. Um, but generally speaking, they played pretty well. Um, and they sounded. I mean, considering they had Epi Epi stock pickups in them, they sounded really good. Mm. Um. And you know that if you were just to modify modify that with some some nice pickups, a little bit of decent hardware, and a good setup, that would be a solid, an absolutely yeah. solid workhorse. So, yeah, I mean, I think we've been sensible about that and basically said neither win. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it depends on what you're looking for as well. If you're looking for something with single coils, then you're obviously going to have to go Squire because Epiphone, unless you want an SL, don't particularly do them. Yeah, and I don't think those SL uh, single coils are particularly single coily, are they? No. And then, like, if you're then it just depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for something else, like, I mean, Squire are hitting out of the park at the moment. Those. Um, what are the the modern ones that they've got with the um the make the, oh, the contemporary stock that they've just contemporary stuff yeah and they've got all sorts of other stuff like you you whatever you want from a guitar Squire are doing yeah it, right? I mean they've got you that can't say that about it yeah they've got the bo- that kind of bottom end of the market like sewn up haven't they all of your kind yeah. of beginner up to like where you're kind of talking like beginner getting into like serious gigging they've got that absolutely yeah. sewn up. Like you say, they've got the contemporary series for the more modern feel. They've got the classic vibe if you want to just straight up have your classic, classic telly or strat tones. Uh, and even like the affinity uh, and the bullet stuff. Apparently these days the quality is is pretty banging out of the shop. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I'm going to change the question from like Squire to uh, Squire or Epiphone to to pretty much like youngsters have got it fucking good these days haven't they yeah yeah it's a bit different from even from 10 years ago yeah yeah yeah. that's it yeah because i remember like we we had squires and we had epiphones um <laughs> but <laughs> i just remember those bolt-on net les Pauls. yeah the old uh special the twos special twos oh my god yeah <laughs> we've come a long way haven't we we've come a long way yeah, and I think, <laughs> um, I think that's where we're going to end it. In fact, actually, we're going to end it. I'm just going to 
Right. We're going to do the other Yeah, question. we're going to do it, but it's going to be a round robin style, just straight out the park. Boom, boom, boom. Right. Question. Bridge pickup or neck pickup? Go. Matt. Bridge pickup. That was Paul, but yeah, bridge pickup. Matt. <laughs> He's. Bridge pickup. Bridge pickup. You're wrong. It's the neck pickup. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I mean, I think we've. We've talked about this fairly recently. We have, we, so. we have. Um, I was. I think it depends it. what you what you're looking for because I will admit um, when I'm playing rhythm, that's tend to be very much bridge pickup. Yeah. When I play lead, I do generally stick to the bridge pickup. But there are times when you just have to have that creamy neck pickup sound. That's literally what I said about two cast or three or four cast or whenever it was. Yeah. I said exactly the same thing. Rhythm, I play on the bridge just because I need to cut through. And then sometimes for lead, you need that creamy, warm goodness. So I flick <laughs> over to the neck. I bet you do, you dirty bastard. <laughs> <laughs> All over my ears. Indeed. That's it. Bridge pickup coming in your ears. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean... I was having an argument about this bridge pickup versus neck pickup on on the internet this week, um, and I th- I was finding it quite uh, quite compelling. Um, essentially, it boils down to what what is the application that you need to use it for. Um, but I use uh, like a lot of the time I'm on like the middle setting, so bridge and neck at the same time um, for my kind of rhythmy stuff and then when i'm uh doing lead work it's like nine times out of ten it's on the neck pickup just to kind of cut the cut the harshness out and get that really kind of uh like bluesy metallic telly neck pickup going on but that's because you're wrong and you use single coils uh, single coil uh, that's that's a fight for another day that is isn't it <laughs> That is a fight for if, another day. If, I've got to admit, actually, if I'm after a single coil sound, I do tend to stick to the, um, the neck pickup rather than the, the bridge pickup. Oh, yeah, single coils. Bridge single coils are shit. <laughs> yeah, bridge single coils, they take a, little bit of, uh, take a little bit of finesse, don't they? You have to use that, 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 um, that control with the T on that I never use and don't have on one of my guitars. You have to use one of them T- if you volume. use the bridge single coil. T- volume, that's the that's one. It. Volume. Right, and because <laughs> we've degenerated in silliness, I'm going to end it there. Just life, I'm just going to end it there. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> uh, so... If you want to catch us, guys, on on, on Tinterwebs, you go Fret Talk Podcast. Uh, search us up in Facebook groups. You'll find us. Um, we are all there. You can get your um, your news stories, your questions. Um, you can get basically involved in the podcast and get yourselves um, almost like you're you're here to chatting to us uh, via that, the medium of groupage. Um, if you want to catch me online you go facebook.com slash budget pedal chap instagram.com slash budget pedal chap youtube.com and then type in budget pedal chap not been that active recently um that's because i've been busy as balls um that will probably change soon uh so look out for some cool stuff matt you are matt underscore 
uh, sorry, heel underscore Matt Q at Twitter. That's the one. Yeah. And you have literally, before this podcast, you were fresh off the Bad Bookers podcast as well, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I recorded a Bad Bookers podcast um, about four minutes before I started the call for this podcast. So you are casting (laughs) like a bad motherfucker. Yeah, I, I was on that for an hour and 25 minutes. I left before the end of it because um, they were, we started late and yeah. it started. Basically, it degenerated like this one. I can see a pattern when I'm on podcasts. <laughs> the end of them start to degenerate. Hey, but I've, I'm steering this ship, aren't I? I'm steering this ship. And um, Paul, you are uh, facebook.com slash don't panic Blackpool, is it? Or is it don't just don't panic? Don't panic, Blackpool, yeah. Hey, see, there's a reason why I I steer this ship. Occasionally, I know (laughs) what I'm doing. (laughs) So, from myself, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap, from Mr. Matt Quine, from our good friend, Mr. Paul Mason, we're going to say thank you for listening tonight. And tatty bye. Tatty bye. Good We have casted the shit out of this pod.